so yes, whole nine. We're back again. The yards. It's Wednesday, my dudes. Well, if you got it, and when it came down. Right. 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 Yeah. Could right? not be. Maybe it's not. So if we launch. Yes. Wednesday morning. Yeah. 6 a.m.? 5 a.m. 5 a.m. EST. Yes. Is there a place where it's still Tuesday, right? And they get it. Does anyone get this on (laughs) Tuesday? (laughs) Let us know. (laughs) If you're back in time. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Uh, Sometimes I'm worried that we seem dumb. I, sorry. No, it's not you. Yeah, no. I didn't have an answer, and now I feel dumb. I, that's my that's my life. That seems that seems like some research. I got to see the timeline, the dateline. Yeah. And it crosses over but in the thing. Who are we to say what time it is? Yeah. Come on. Right. But, but if it's five a.m. here, and then it's. It's 2 a.m. in California. Right. And then it's probably, I can only guess, 9 p.m. in Hawaii. So it, it would be, depends on where that dateline is. I'm it could up. be Tuesday night in Hawaii. I'm just typing in what time is it, what time is it? And I want to see if that gives me the answer that I'm looking for. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll just move on. Yeah, we should. So everybody, thanks. So this is uh, an an animals topic show. I don't think it's our first. It's our second, I believe. And it won't be the last. No, probably not. No, it's unlikely. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of popular Lots things of with you know people say with animals, stripes and stuff, all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go first if you don't mind. I don't mind. No, please be my guest. May I guess? Oh, yes. So, ha. What do you have as your first animal part two? See, here's another one. Is 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 this uh, because you know they got the footsie in London? This always cracks me up. Oh, the stock exchange. Yeah, yeah. So does does the footsie and other stock exchanges across the world, Hong Kong or wherever the heck people exchange stocks, uh? Do they have bulls and bears, or is this uh, an NYSE sort of uh, thing? I mean, I know what they refer to, I guess, so uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you'd have your own local animal, maybe, or I don't know. I have no idea. That's interesting, because, I mean, we, well, we wouldn't all have bulls. No. Right, so yeah, they would have their own. I'm going to say yes, they have their own. Final answer. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> So, okay. oh, R.I.P. Regis. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And what in the what in the Dickens Ray is a, is a bulls and a bears? The the market. Yeah. In referring to that, do you want me to really explain it? No. Okay. It's like what it means to you on a casual level. Um, <laughs> well, it means the the bull market is is rising and the the bear market is falling, right? Yeah. How's that? Is that casual enough? Is that too specific? No, that's that's fine. Okay. So, yes. and specifically, specifically, I mean, as far as what I've come to understand it, uh, three consecutive quarters of loss or gain define we are in said market. Ah, of, okay. Of going or coming. Three know? months, you say? 
quarters. A quarter. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. So you got nine months of of sinking before you say we're we're in a recession. You know. Um, oh, three quarters have to go by. Yeah, three consecutive. Oh, quarters. I thought you just meant three months. I see. Okay, gotcha. No, yeah. No, I hear you. Sure, no. Sure, no. Um, <laughs> no, sure. This, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This was uh, a frustrating. Yeah. Research. Because, uh, let me get to it. Okay. There are so many etymological speculators. Hmm. Yeah, that was nice. tough. Yeah. Who seem to opine? I don't seem to. They blatantly opine. <laughs> they are opining that um, these creatures of unpredictable strength, this unpredictable strength, yeah. business, kept coming up. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. And within that unpredictable strength, uh, we had speculations aplenty that the terms bear and bull mm-hmm. are thought to derive from the way in which the animal attacks. Mm-hmm. That is, a bull thrusts its horns upward mm-hmm. while the bear will downwardly slash. Swipe. Yeah, that's what I had heard. This is what you had heard. This is what I had heard. Well, this this really gets my goat. Hey, that's another that's a good animal. One. One. Animals part three coming up next. <laughs> no, really, people. No, sometime in the future. Yeah. So. So yeah, that that's exactly what I was going to say if you had asked me. I should have asked you because I really hate that answer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. So historically, these middlemen that sold uh, bear hides, mm-hmm. they would sell. Like like we do now, futures or what the hell ever. They'd sell bear skins they didn't have yet. So then they'd get this money up. Mm-hmm. Then they'd tell the trappers what the price was, et cetera, et cetera. The, mm-hmm. the trapper goes out and gets the skins, knows what the price is. They could hold back some and keep the supply low and that therefore get more of that middleman's money. Or if they couldn't do that and turned in all of them, then they'd they'd bring the price down and get less. And some speculated that this this bear market came out of that. I call hmm. bull. Hey, <laughs> hey, how about that? <laughs> right? Yes. You know, it goes on to fold into itself there that etymologists point to a proverb warning that it is not wise to sell the bear skin before one has caught the bear. But that we use that in everything. Chicken yeah, and the egg, chicken and birds eggs, right. in the hand. We're all yeah. All that stuff. Hmm. Um so, I, I mean I get I, I, yeah, sure that makes sense, like a pelt standpoint. I, I see where we're hoping to get from. Yeah. And there are also um crazy speculations and and, and you know, maybe I'm I'm wrong, but in this instance I just don't think so. Mm-hmm. There's this old business about, you know, because, uh, you know, recently uh, I started to read some Hemingway. Yeah. Hadn't read any. And it was the first time then, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of animal sports at all. And then uh, Hemingway writes about bullfighting mm-hmm. a, a lot. So you end up having to to uh, read that. And, uh, you know, he reveals the use of, of horses. You know, horses are kind of brought in for the bull to, like, take his take his first... Uh, mm. shots at so uh, uh, a few horses are killed by a bull early on mm-hmm. just to get him you know then they s- 
stick things in his side and whatever yeah. else. Uh, I'm yeah. just going the bull, go in with the bull with your fists, right? And bring in the bull, <laughs> yeah. And whoever's stronger comes out. That's exactly. what I would like to you see. I will bull. pay for that one. I think. Go fight a bull. <laughs> go fight a bull. Yeah. So, but so there are ideas about um, that that sort of are are about that and uh, bear baiting with bulls mm. at, at, that, that date back to you know uh, 13th century and things like that but they are they're kind of like a shaky connection that you go really man yeah. so this thing we say today is really that maybe but i doubt it yeah and well let's say in the bull market investors like to say they're bullish they are aggressive mm -hmm. they buy they invest yes uh they speculate and uh and a lot of uh, trading is done in the bear market, uh, you take your money and you put it into bonds a lot of times and you wait out the hmm. bear market. Yeah, yeah. And this seems blatantly obvious to me and no place that I researched would say it, that bulls attack, <laughs> right. bears hibernate. Right. Nobody said it. Well. <laughs> but it, it like has to be it. <laughs> you take your money and you hibernate yeah. and you wait out the downturn. Right, but I I can't I can't understand how that isn't it. It makes sense. I think the attack way is is nice. It's elegant in my mind. The up and the down. Yeah, I like that. I like the the metaphor. But what does that even mean? It just you know, it's gonna it's it's a it's gonna attack you. That stock market you can't trust it. Yeah, it's gonna get you. It's gonna gore you, or it's gonna swipe at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like my hibernate more better. I mean, it makes sense. Sure. I'm not going to say it doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. But I, you know. All right, then. <laughs> so before our listeners hibernate, yes. what do you have? I'll bull market us over uh, to the term Charlie horse. Oh, man, I hate those. Yeah. It's, and they, they come in the middle in of the, the night. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. <laughs> like Billy Joel in that song. It's like a strange person. <laughs> like, suddenly, like, what do you do? Right. Put a vice grip on your calf. Yeah. yeah. In the night. Yeah. So that's 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 the definition, folks. That's that ghost great. woman. What was that ghost woman? <laughs> the nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. The nightmare is coming to, with her vice to give you a Charlie horse. <laughs> yeah. So what is this really about? You know who? Right. Who is Charlie? And why do? Why is he stepping on our legs? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we'd like to say that there's an old horse named Charlie, and that he was a lovely horse, and but maybe he was a little lame. That horse, Charlie, is that what we really love? To and say? perhaps I, people might, I don't know. All and right. perhaps Charlie would pull. He worked at an at a, at a ballpark. This Charlie, old timey ballpark, and he would pull the field roller across the infield, and done. That's it. Uh, but no, that's not that's not that's not concrete. I don't want to lure, let you lull there too long and think that was really the, just the only answer. I, I I did it. I know. Oh, good. Okay, good. I wanted to roll right in, but okay. I was worried that you know. Don't worry no more. Okay, good. But there's several theories about uh, Mr. Charlie Horse. <laughs> um, the things that the theories agree upon is that the phrase comes about in late 1800s, um, and it, they all seem to refer or reference baseball, or be around a baseball diamond, something with baseball. Baseball. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. The same. I, you know, it's it's fun to research these because they take you places you didn't think. <laughs> um, but the the Charlie horse that I I did describe isn't necessarily a lie. Like they they did have those horses. Uh, they had old the ballparks had old work horses, and <laughs> they'd call them Charlie sometimes, and they'd be you know if they saw players injured or hurt, you know, with a muzzle cramp or whatever, walking funnily, funnily, funnily. Mm. Uh, the, you know, folks would compare them to their old Charlie horse around the baseball diamond. Um, but the phrase predates any actual documentation we have of that specifically. Where does that leave us? Well, that's, it's, I'm got, we got more theories. Oh yeah. Cause I'm not. Yeah. Don't worry. There's my more horse? theories. Okay. Uh, 1887, the Oakland Tribune, um, talks about charlie horse and says nearly every sporting journal gives a different version as to how the term charlie horse originated in baseball circles so they know that it came from that but they don't they're saying that here's here's could be this here could be that um the the one article seems to think it originates from an indianapolis ballman named uh, johnny glasscock (laughs) (laughs) it seems that uh mr glasscock injured his leg during a game one day and had a slight limp uh, so after the game's over, he, you know, Johnny goes home to his farm and his old man sees his boy limping along and his son's limp reminds, uh, reminds him of his old lame horse that they have around the farm. And his dad apparently yells to his son, why Johnny, my boy, what's the matter? You go just like that old Charlie horse. And so Mr. Glasscock then goes back to uh, the baseball diamond and spreads this this humorous tale and story about his team. And then it grows and changes from there, as, as you know, our lore does. Yeah. It's one of them. All right. I mean, you know, they're not going to get better. Well, I, I mean, just the baseball they thing alone, get better. I, I never would have thought baseball. No, I'd same. I got another theory uh, from mentalfloss.com uh, that... 19, 18, 1850s that Charlie was just a general name for a lame horse that lived at a racetrack or you know was abandoned at a racetrack probably yeah um, yeah the new Dickinson baseball dictionary offers uh, that a baseball team went to the track together and they bet on a horse named Charlie who quote pulled up lame in the final stretch and then the next day, one of the teammates pulled a muscle, and you know the team's like, "Ha Just like that old Charlie horse from yesterday that we lost our money on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's 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 solidly in the baseball realm. Another baseball. Uh, what did I say? Oh, another <laughs> baseball explanation is uh, Charlie Duke Esper, a southpaw who means which means left-hander, like me. Uh, walked like a lame horse, and the other folks. Oh, that was it. That was the end of it. The sentence. That was the end of the sentence. <laughs> that wasn't a sentence. Charlie Duke Esper walked like a lame horse. <laughs> um, and then so we called him Charlie Lame Horse, and then dropped the lame. Charlie Horse, uh, I guess. Yeah. The other another tale of a Sioux City, Iowa groundskeeper named Charlie, who owned a lame horse. Uh, well, that doesn't make any sense though. Like why again? Same thing. Like the groundskeeper's name is Charlie, 
and his horse was not named Charlie. So we don't know. <laughs> we sure don't. But if we know that it was orig- originally from the baseball diamond around the 1800s, I think the Glasscock story is humorous. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is this Glasscock fellow in the Dickinson's Journal? Uh, New Dickinson Baseball. No, they offer the one about the uh, the racehorse. All right. Yeah, I didn't see I didn't see Mr. Glasscock in the New Dickinson Journal. I got him in the Oakland Tribune. All right. 1887. Yeah, Charlie Horse. It's uh, man. It's so it. Uh, but the same thing. I don't play the baseball. Right. I get the Charlie horses. I don't think of them as making me lame. And walking around lame, like they just sort of, when they grab you, you sort of fall to the ground if you're standing. Right, and just start sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're me. Well, yeah, you stretch your toes up. You always, yeah, always get it early, though. Like, if you feel it coming, just stretch. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to do it. I get the calf crampy foot thing. I don't get, because the Charlie horse, I guess it's, a, is it any muscle cramp? I thought it was a thigh, like, specifically. Because people, wouldn't they just, like, punch you in the leg and yell Charlie horse? Did that happen to you as a kid? Yeah. I don't understand why people hate each other. So it was always weird to me, just in general. That never specifically happened to me, I don't think, but I saw it happen to people. <laughs> sure. It's like, what? What is that? Yeah. So I always assumed it was thigh, uh, but is it any muscle? I, I thought it was a calf. I don't okay. ha- I only get them in my calves. Same. It's like, that's the one that wakes you up. That's the one that wakes terror. you up. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. Well, maybe these commercials will wake you up. <laughs> like a Charlie horse, a jarring sensation to your leg. <laughs> and here they come now. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clemenemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clemenemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. All right. So, hi. Hello. Yeah. We we uh, are going to continue this animal theme. Part two. Uh, part two of season two, part one. Season two. 
Yeah. Part 2.2. Just saying numbers now. No, you are, yeah. I have um, Ducks in a Row. Ducks in a Row. Yes. And this is, I mean, this has like fallen into that whole um, cliche business people speak, I guess. Get your ducks in a row, circle back. Hey, Pally. Oh, the, the, uh, yeah, all right, those kind the buzzwords. Cliche things that we do. Get your do. ducks in a row. Yeah. We got to shift some paradigms. Yeah. Around here and enter the thinkosphere. What we need is a synergistic solution. There it is. So, I uh, won't dally. <laughs> Don't dally. Or Terry. Um, and let me dive in here. Ducks in a row. Okay. Row of ducks. A row of ducks. Now, I don't know why, but this kept coming up too. And I just don't read much fiction. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I've never read, I think, a Stephen King book. Mm. Although I could argue that one of my photographs is on one of the covers. You could argue that. I could argue that. One could make that argument. But that's... Another story. Different story. Um, but in the novel The Stand, yes. written presumably by Stephen King. It was, I think. Master of horror. Horror. It, it was thought that, that he first said this in 1978. Hmm. Okay. In some dialogue. Yeah. Well, I don't know why that wasn't immediately preposterous. I mean, Seems, yeah. Prior to the internet, we had our ability to research people. Get out yeah. there, man. Somewhere in these old dusty law books, so- the, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right, though. It seems like a phrase that is timeless. Yeah. Since we could speak. But we're going to put a time on it. Stamp and, it. Uh, it's not, and this is everywhere, man. So Washington Post, uh, 1932. Hmm was one old example, but our good friend Garson O'Toole uh, managed to drag up a printing of it that's from 1889. My, my. Yeah, so go Garson. Yeah, thank you, Mr. O'Toole. <laughs> Aside from the Stephen King, mm-hmm. and it was that, that was uh, wiped out, so you go back to 18. 18- 89 and 1932 but why and where uh, was it f- formed into an idiom uh, yes. so there's speculation that um, people would call a ball lined up in front of a pocket in the game of pool or some mm. call it what what's that other billiards? word billiards yeah billiards billiards <laughs> oh sorry yeah we don't want to do that no, to you people we don't. Yes. It's called a duck or yeah. sitting duck. Okay. So to get your ducks lined up, yeah, one could, one could take that off, yeah. of course, to make it ducks in a row. In a row. Yeah. Also, way back there in the early 1900s, and and it's funny, you know, I w- I think I was just telling you earlier today about being in a, a bar as a young kid, mm-hmm. and um. That was a story about music and Bill Withers. But in that same bar uh, was uh, one of those automated um, duck pin machines, you mm-hmm. know? The, the, right, the duck pin bowling, they say? Or yeah. It's like a, is it like a uh, shuffleboard slash bowling game? Is that how it? Yeah, it was yeah. like a metal disc mm-hmm. 
that slid on. I don't know if that's duck pin bowling. I don't know either. Yeah. But it was, it was, it seemed like it was derivative. Yeah, it was derivative of it. Yeah, according to this story. Okay. Because early uh, variations of that game, which were before we had automated machines. Sure. It was basically manually set up. Right. It's the same as our bowling, our regular bowling, Mm -hmm. right? So you knock them, man. Each you earned every knockdown, man, because someone had to set everyone up. Yeah, I guess you had nothing else to do though. You get a couple pints of beer and make a night of it, don't you? Was like, you're getting drunk while you're putting pins up. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, but who knows? Sure, but like Vacarney, something we can all hope to have someday. Well, I just imagined us all putting our own pins. We're we're in the bar. Oh, you're setting your own pins up. Yeah, we got. Yeah, I there's some see. sort of. You're not at a basket place. behind it to catch them all, and then. I gotcha. You, oh, yeah. it's, it's Joe's turn. Go back, would you? Yeah. So you know. Well, no, sure. Yeah. It's like a dart. You gotta get your own darts. Gotta but, get your but, own but more, darts and hope nobody so. wings one at your ears. It's always. I, I hit my cousin Kevin with a dart once. Sorry about that, Kevin. Yeah, you'll get stuck. Yeah, right in the leg. I was like, I'm not gonna hit you, and then bam. I felt bad. Still feel bad. We were kids. Sure. Anyway. And then, you know what? That game, that you know, there are a lot of people that think it came from that. It was because those were your duck pins, and you had to get your your ducks mm-hmm. in a row okay. you know, to um, you know, knock them over. But I want to go back uh, to a place where, where we would normally begin. I just sort of... Uh, jumped ahead to sort of change, change. it up. It's, that's fun times to yeah, do that ch- sometimes. <laughs> fun times sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, how I would ordinarily or any you or me would start up to say, you know, what in the devil does it mean? You know, What do you think it means? Yeah. Yeah. And so what it has become defined as and synonymous with Yes. Is how I'd like to more or less say is a Western culture here again. We have a lot of those today. Yeah. Um, is a, a culture with efficiency, preparedness, and organization. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So it's synonymous with those. Those ones. Those their qualities. Ducks. Yeah. Preparation. So in keeping with that idea, mm-hmm. uh, there are some of the the way back ones also speculate about um, hunting uh, ducks, but um, you know because they the, the babies will go behind the mm, the mother you know mm-hmm. in a row right. But I mean, I mean you didn't get them in a row, and right. then <laughs> and then why why are you shooting a baby duck? Like what are you eating there anyway? Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Sure. So I don't know, but I want I want to remind you again about that efficiency thing yeah. um, and preparedness and G's organization. Sure, that's the that's the key. And and preparedness. Yeah, and take you to the ducks or mallards uh, flying, and they fly in that V formation. V. Sure, and they do that so that you know the front the leader of the point takes on most of the wind resistance and then mm-hmm. each uh, respective duck back is flying in a proportionately less resistance mm-hmm. due to the uh, you know the airfoil etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah and then you know that lead duck probably gets tired quick and falls out yeah, they, and the next one somebody steps up exactly you know teamwork uh, makes the dream work yeah and so this this here this dream work 
uh, that you speak of yes. is the picture of organization and efficiency. Yeah. So our leading etymologists in the field or the sky <laughs> think that this is yeah. uh, the front runner option for why we say that. Here again, verification, validation, no. No. Uh, but but, but there are hope that's what they all think. Back at the beginning of the 20th century, when we were the most skyward duck gazing in our days. <laughs> this is when or, we had time. Yeah. But uh, this is this is what I have for you today. Even still, we look. I look up at the V because it's impressive. Oh yeah, you got to look at the every v. time. You're like, look at that. Every time. Yeah, yeah. I I also like those fall, autumn, um, that big swirly where they're swirling around trying to. I don't know, like where are all you? How do you guys not all? They're not the ducks, many birds. You know? Yeah, yeah, how do they not run it? You know. It's yeah. like a big swarm of bees. Yeah, it moves uh, like a school of fish in water. Yeah. Yeah. They move, not it. Well, the group, whatever. Yes. There's a scene of those in, uh, you know, my favorite uh, uh, television show, The um, True Detective Season 1. Yeah. And it looks fake, but then you see it in real life and go, no, that that's not fake at all. That, that That's what they do. Yeah, they look at, they have that like swimming through the air kind of down that's what they do yeah so that's me what do you have guys your ducks in a row then yeah well i promise that i won't chew your ear till the cows come home <laughs> right to the yeah until the cows come home yeah and in meaning in saying that i mean a very long time I'm saying that I won't chew your ear for a very long time. Very long time. But till the cows come home. Could be a very long time. <laughs> That's what I'm here to, to guess, yeah. Well, yeah. This uh, this phrase is pretty close to literal. Uh, we, we get some of those, as you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like it and kind of hate it. Yeah, it's nice to have one that's button buttonable. Um, yeah, we had that barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, and something about beating around the bush, probably. Yeah. Which might have been the same episode. Probably. Um, yeah, so the origins really, uh, the date is unknown. To, but I guess as long as we've kept cows, really, as a species of... So whenever we started moving less towards nomads and more towards uh, agricultural species. Yeah. But, yeah, it calls upon the fact that, uh, first of all, cows don't really move that quickly. Unless they're very excited about something, or you know, and uh, and they're out for pasture for long periods of time in between milkings. In high summer, cows can be outdoors most of the day. Sure. And then I read, uh, in some cases, can spend an entire summer at pasture. Oh, go home. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure if they. Yeah, it seemed like they they come home, they come back uh, for milking, and some of them just some of them can stay out for a long, long time between milkings. So the Mrs. Farmer wants to go into town with husband Farmer. Okay. But he says, well, wait, we can't go until... The cows come home? The cows come home. Sure. I guess. He could say that for sure. Well, I'm just speculating at some original um, uses. Well, the uh, the original use, like we also come across, is that the phrase is originally longer than it is today. Ah. And this phrase seems to come from 
till the cows come home for milking. <laughs> so much like the farmer, Mr. Huh. Mr. and Mrs. Farmer over there. Um, yeah. Uh, the first, like, the, uh, is the first time this kind of thing pops up is in a 1593, uh, according to Phrase Finder. Uh, Shakespeare. And no, it's not. It's before 1593, so it's right, right at the cusp of Shakespeare's mm-hmm. massive uh, breakout. Um, but yeah, it, it, the originally it's the phrase is "cow come home" because it's singular cow. You wouldn't have a whole herd of cows back then. No, you just got the whole. But I also then postulate, did we mean cow? Like we say deer, like many deer are still deer. So many cow are still cow. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. I'm just, I'm giving you some uh, filler here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we call ye old filler. It's other interesting (laughs) speculations. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the cows becomes plural, uh, from singular cow come home to cows come home in 1738. Jonathan Swift's polite conversation. This uh, is a book. This is a book. Yeah. Miss Notable and Lord Smart are talking about what they do. And Miss Notable says, I suppose my Lord, you layest, oh man, I suppose my Lord, you lay longest a bed today. And then Lord Smart says, Miss, if I had said so, I should have told a fib. I warrant you lay abed till the cows come home. What the devil is he saying? He's saying, I didn't lay, you laid in bed longer than I laid in bed. You laid in bed until the cows came home, but clearly I'm up and out of bed already. Uh. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, cows can stay out in the field for a long time before they need to be milked. Uh, <laughs> so the cows, the cows, they went out. They go out. They're not home They're yet. They're not home yet. You gotta so wait. we can't do that thing. Nope. we got to wait for them to come back. Yeah. Before we can milk them. You've been, you've been gone for, yeah, I, I, that's, that's pretty much straightforward. There it is. The cows have come home on this research. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be good news to our listeners. I think so. Um... Yes. Hey, did we talk about the thing? I don't think we mentioned Twitter or the Facebook or Instagram. Twitter and Instagram, whole nine. That nine is a nine, nine. number. Yes. Yards pod. pod. Whole nine yards pod. Twitter yeah. and Instagram. Hit us up. Thoughts, comments, suggestions, or relative criticisms. Yeah. Facebook. Friend us up for fun notions and the like at whole nine yards podcast. That number is also a nine. Yes. That That nine is also a number. (laughs) That number is also a nine. Yeah. And until then, I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And And we are are not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.